It's lovely to see you all. I don't often get this opportunity, so I'm going to relish every moment of it and, and hopefully honour the Lord in it. So today I get to talk about the third commandment, and I've entitled it, What's in a Name? Ta-da! Isn't that brilliant? I'm telling you, that is brilliant because I didn't do it. I forgot to do the opening slide, and there is somebody very precious in this church that did it for me. Her name is Sully. So, <laughs> anyway, names are important, and anybody has it again? Wait, well, first of all, talking about important names, anybody know what my name is? Deborah? Yes, Deb. So I'm Deb. Deborah, Debbie, Mrs. Legg, whatever you want to call me, Your Highness. I don't mind, but I'm, I'm open to any suggestions. But yeah, my mum and dad called me um, Deborah when I was a baby. But that wasn't what they were originally going to call me. Can anybody hazard a guess what they might, or my mum particularly, might have uh, called, wanted to call me before she was uh, shot down in flames? Steve. That's a good one. Yeah? Anyone else? Jeff, no. In fact, <laughs> my daughter is called Dave, actually. Well, she's not, but she's called. <laughs> Did you, what was that? Was there another one? Barbie. Barbie. Oh. <laughs> I'll go with that one. <laughs> actually, my mum wanted to call me Heidi. Now, Heidi. Now, there's nothing wrong with the name of Heidi, and I'm sure there are some lovely Heidis out there. But had she called me Heidi, I do not think I could have married my husband. Can you imagine? Sat in the waiting room, waiting to be called, but you know, important job interview or to your doctor. Heidi leg, Heidi leg. Is anybody there? And I'd be skulking in the corner thinking, I am not going to own up to that. Because anyway, but thankfully, my mother did not call me Heidi because everybody in the family didn't want that. And I was called Debbie. So there we go. So I'm quite happy with my name now. I'm used to it. It means honeybee. So I haven't got a sting, really. I'm quite, quite gentle. Um, and it was obviously fashionable in the 50s, uh, late 50s, early 60s. So when I joined this church, not in the 60s, but when I joined the church, it was the most common lady's name. There were about three or four, along with the name John as well, which is a beautiful name. Um, but we were the common names, Deborah and John. There we go. So now we can name our children... After film stars, I probably was named after a film star, not Barbie, but I was probably named after one. We can name them after other family members, perhaps. Um, my grandson is named after my dad, which I think is really lovely. Um, sports personalities, yeah? So they can, we can just choose those names that we like. Biblical characters, all of my children are named, um, they're Bible names, um, or biblical concepts or biblical values, those sorts of things. Or just because we like the name. So obviously my mum liked the name Heidi, so that would have been uh, why she would have chosen it, I would have thought. <clears throat> now, we can also have, with our names, we can have pet names, can't we? Nicknames. Sometimes they can be downright cruel, or they can be very endearing, and you're stuck with them for the rest of your life, it would seem. Now, come and ask me later why my grandchildren don't call me Granny. They call me Toots. And there is a story to it, but I'm not going to go into that at this point in time. But what about God? We are here not to talk about me, but about the Third Commandment and what this says and what, what we know about the name. 
So let's have a look at what it says. The third commandment, it says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Whoa, that's strong. So we are commanded by God not to use his name in a way that is going to dishonor or, mis or, or, or to misuse his name in any way because we'll be held accountable. So it's actually very heavy stuff. So why is this commandment so loaded? That is my question. And yet it's still relevant today. We're in a society where actually nobody really cares about or it appears that no one gives the name of God uh, as, as much honor as we would like. Now let's have a look at the Hebrew of this, word, of this, of this commandment. Um, I should have highlighted the word take. Yay, that's right, it's big, it's in big. Um, now that word in Hebrew means, uh, the Hebrew word for it is nasa, N-A-S-A, nasa. I find it quite interesting what that actually means. It means to lift up, to bring forth, to magnify, and to raise. And then a little aside, the American space program was called NASA, which is interesting, I thought. And the word vain, which is also in capitals there, in Hebrew, it's shav, S-H-A-V, the anglicized version. And that means emptiness or vanity, false, worthless, common, or useless. So we could reread re that or rewrite it as, do not lift up God's name and make it worthless. And yet we have, we've just been praising the Lord. We have been magnifying him. We have been lifting him up and praising him. So that's it then. You can all go home. We've done it. We've kept the commandment. But let's just think whether there is other, more to it. Now, you see, in Jewish culture, names had a vital role. I'm just going to explore those a bit and look at why taking the Lord's name is so... In, in, uh, Honouring the Lord's name is so vital and so important. So in Jewish culture, babies would be named um, after uh, a, a significant event or to be prophetic about their character, or according to the circumstances of their birth, all sorts of things like that. And God, is his name was, was also very important. But let's just think about Jesus as well. That name, he shouldn't have been called Jesus. In theory, he should have been called Joseph. But the name Jesus that God had given to Mary, the angel had given to Mary, was Jehovah, was, was the, is rooted in the, in the Hebrew word Joshua, which of course means Jehovah saves. So all of these things, all the names in the, in, the, um, in the Hebrew Bible have got meaning, have got resonance, and are loaded in themselves. But who gave God his name? I don't think any human had that. We didn't have any privilege in that. And we know that God revealed his name uh, to Moses in, in the Exodus 3 when he was called by God to deliver the, the Israelites out of their slavery. And when he was told to go and talk to Pharaoh and, and plead for the release of, of the Israelites, he asked God, well, who am I going to say sent me? I mean, you know, if you are going out and you're going to do something big, You'll go in the name of someone. I'm going in the name of the commander. I go in the name of the king. And if little Moses comes along and says, well, actually, um, I've got to you've got to release the people. And this is what um, God said. He revealed his name. I am who I am. 
Now, in revealing his name to Moses, he was revealing his character as well, who he is. You see, God is independent of all human nature. He's independent of of everything that exists. He is God, and he cannot be contained. I am who I am. He's completely trustworthy. He's completely unchangeable. He is holy. I am who I am. Now, years later, when the uh, Old Testament was being uh, scribed, was written, the scribes would never, ever write out God's name. They held that name so highly. It was written as Yahweh. Um, that's how we pronounce it. But it's, as you can see on the slide, it just says Y-H-W-H. We put the vowels in to make it easier to say. Now, the scribes, when they were copying, they didn't have a printer they, didn't, they couldn't scan it. It would all be handwritten every time. So they would wash themselves. They would get a new quill. And every time the name of the Lord was written, um, they afterwards would discard the quill and get a new one. That's a bit of a palaver, isn't it? To do that, every time you were going to actually write um, the name Yahweh down, that they went through this process. But why did they do it? Because they honoured the Lord. They never uttered his name. They substituted the word Yahweh with the Lord. So they gave God the title, the Lord. And his, his name was held in such high esteem. And to say his name would be demeaning God. That's how holy and how precious they held God. Now, as I said earlier, God's name reveals his character throughout the Old Testament. And there are other lots and lots of titles that illuminate different parts of his character. But um, I've, I haven't got time to do that today. So what I've done, because I'm such a lovely Barbie, um, I have actually, um, in the Connect Notes, I have written out the, all of the names of, of, of God that you'll find, particularly in the Old Testament, with a, with a Bible reference of where it first occurs. But do look at those and, and meditate on the different uh, aspects of God's character and who he is um, as, you, as you explore that more deeply. So, in a breath, we can exalt God, which we've done. But in the next breath, we can be in danger of dishonoring him. And we have to be careful of this. And this is something that's been a, you know, it's been a, a good, good talk for me to do this today. And I'll explain that in a little bit more in, in a while. But using God's name carelessly dishonors him. Now, there are lots of explanation, exclamations that are in our, our culture now, in our language, that make God just, well, it, it just makes him lower than he should be put. So things like, oh my God, have you heard that before? OMG, Barbie might say OMG, for God's sake, Yeah? Oh, Lord, um, for Christ's sake. All of those things dishonor God. And so we can sometimes praise the Lord and then use those, those, uh, those terms in a way that doesn't bring him honor. We can also use, I mean, it happens a lot in culture, you only have to switch the TV on. You can hear it in, in, in the soaps. It's not past watershed. You hear, oh, my God, and, the, and those words. And... 
You can hear God's name used as swear words as well, very, very often. Curses using God's name, and those dishonor him. You see, I, I know, I believe that we were given our tongues when we were created by the Lord. We were given our tongues to worship. That is our first calling, is to worship the Lord, to worship him and to bring him glory. So every time we, misuse, every time we use our tongue in a way that is not right for, with God, we're dishonoring him. And that's, that's quite crucial, I'll just say that again. We were given our tongues to, to, to glorify God. We were created to worship him. So every use of our tongue that does not glorify God is a misuse. And, and that is a, quite a heavy thing. Now, Jesus, his name. We have just sung this morning about glorifying Jesus. That at the name of Jesus, mountains tremble. At the name of Jesus, we can call on him to bring healing. That there's power in his name. There's no higher name than Jesus. No stronger name. And yet, we could be in danger of one minute using his name in glory and then uh, using it in a way that brings dishonor to him. So let's declare that Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the one who, who conquers death. Jesus is the one who heals and not fall into the trap of actually using his name in a way that is going to bring dishonor. Now, I'm going to look briefly at um, Isaiah chapter 6. I haven't got a, a slide for this because it's quite a long passage, and, and I just want to allude to the, the account of Isaiah when he has a vision of God in the temple. Um, and I do recommend that you study it in, in your own time, and it's Isaiah 6, verses 1 to 7. Now, Isaiah was called by God to be a prophet, and he had a vision of the Lord in all his glory. Can you imagine uh, seeing the Lord in all his glory? He saw his, his, his greatness, the angels, the cherubs, the, oh, the whole lot, crying, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Holy Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now, if you see something like that, the response of Isaiah was, he was undone. And he was a pious, educated man. He wasn't just, you know, he knew, he knew the, 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 the scriptures, he knew who the Lord was, but he was undone. And he cries out, oh, I am a man of unclean lips. So when he's in the presence of God, he is unclean. An angel touches his lips with hot coal and, and taken from the altar, and his sin is purged, his sin is taken away. And he's cleansed. And at that point, he's ready to serve the Lord. And he says, here am I. Send me. So what can we learn from that vision of Isaiah? When we're in the presence of God, we can't help but want to honor him more. We grow, the more we grow in our, um, our knowledge of God, the more we grow in appreciation of his holiness and his grace because his grace is there for each one of us. And as a result, the more we want to seek his presence in our private world. And that's really important, that we spend that time seeking the Lord in our private worlds, that we honor him, that we glorify him, that we magnify him in our worship. 
and as we find out more about him by reading his word. And that's the key. It's what we do in our private world that also counts, not just the public time, but the private time. And I want to bring to your attention another scripture, and this is from the New Testament in James, and this challenges as well. It says this, We use our tongues to praise God our Father, and then turn around and curse a person who's made in his very image. Out of the same mouth we pour out words of praise one minute and curses the next. My brothers and sisters, this should never be. Now, I have heard Christians uh, use the name of God carelessly. They're not doing it in malice. It's just thoughtlessness at times. And I'm just throwing this thought out there. Should we gently challenge our friends that we are, that, that, uh, who use, uh, just go, oh, God, oh, oh, my God. Okay, do we challenge them or do we turn a deaf ear to it? Tolerate, to tolerate or not to tolerate? That is the question. So just be you know, conscious of that. Now imagine this scenario. This is a scenario, of course, but driving along, I'm out there in the car and I'm praising the Lord. Oh, holy, holy are you, Lord. Da -da -da -da. I'm driving and I'm praising. I can multitask just about, just about. And I'm having a wonderful time of worshipping the Lord. Get onto this roundabout. And then someone cuts in front of me. What do you think you're doing? <laughs> and I can have all these thoughts going in my head. I think that kind of negates the worship that I have just been doing. So we have to be careful about whether we are honouring God in, in that sort of situation. And there's another niggle here as I've reflected on this commandment. I realize that I can easily dishonor the Lord with words that I've chosen. I can be negative. And my actions as well. And it's the actions I want to think about now. Now, I'm generally not a swearer, and my family would, con would contest to that. They would say I don't. Um, I don't use God's name irreverently, but I can have a bit of an attitude. Yes, I have a little bit of an attitude. Now, I can be critical of others. I could... I've, a lot of it goes on in here, because always it starts there, doesn't it? But I can be critical of people. I can act inappropriately at times. Yes, I can. I can watch the wrong programs. I can be impatient with others, and so on. Now, I'm not going to say any more. I'm not going to make a public confession, because you might just say, you are excommunicated, and you kick me out. No, you won't. I know you wouldn't do that. But it is a challenge, isn't it? It's a challenge to, to be conscious of of all the things that we do as well. But you see, my very actions, as well as my words, can bring dishonor to God. And in a world that doesn't place God highly, that doesn't honor him, it's much easier to be tolerant, isn't it? To let things slip a bit, rather than challenging or refusing to watch certain things or listen to certain things. Now, when the kids were growing up, I used to be called a prude because I wouldn't allow certain things to be shown on the TV, um, for them to have books to read. You know, my child is probably known for not having read certain books when he was at school, um, and the, the teachers would, and this was a church school, would come to me and say, oh, are they allowed to read this? And, I, and I, I, I just stuck with it. But I was accused of being a prude by lots of people. Now, in so many ways, preparing this, this uh, talk it's highlighted how I've become blunt. I've let things slip a 
a bit. And I've tolerated more because I'm thinking, oh, you know, just, it's okay. It's, it's only words. They don't mean it. But actually, it is, it's, it's not. It's not good. And I am sorry for that. I'm sorry, Lord, that I have done that. Now, am I alone in this? Is it just me that, is, that, that, that tolerates things and lets things slip? You don't have to own up to that. But just think on that one because it's actually something that I've been very, very aware of. Now, I think if we sincerely, sincerely obeyed the first four commandments, we'd be sorted. We wouldn't need the, the other six because everything we do would bring honor to God. We would put him first. We would glorify him. And therefore, we would have no need for the others. But we, we, they exist and um, they give us a moral framework and they are important. And they give us boundaries and values. And we, we all slip up, don't we? So let's look at Romans 4, or Romans 3. The trouble is, according to, to this verse, this is what happens to us. We all sin and we fall short of the glory of God. We mess up at times. Well, I do, but I'm putting the royal we in here in the hope that some of you might identify with some of this. You see, by our very nature, when we mess up, we alienate ourselves from God and with our behavior. And it's hard to get it right every time, isn't it? But there's good news. There is good news. You see, God has lavished his love on us and through his son, Jesus Christ. So even when we mess up, even when we find, and you think, oh, I've done it again. Oh, Lord, I can't go on. I don't deserve your grace. He sent Jesus into the world. He sent Jesus to die for us. And he brings us into a new relationship with God. Yeah, I think it's great. So, you know, God brings us into that place where we can come to him. And it, when it is hard, we can turn to him and we can say, I want to be right with you, God. Now, I really go, want to be right with God. I want to come to him and I want to truly repent by saying sorry for not honoring him. Because for me, it's about not honoring him with my words and my actions. It's so easy to slip in those areas. But if we believe in his name, we call upon his name, we pray in his name, we can really call ourselves children of God. We are children of God, and that's a wonderful thing. And the Apostle John says so as well at the beginning of his gospel. He says, but as many who received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name. There's power in his name. We've said that. He's precious to us because of what he has done. And the enormity of what Jesus has done for us causes us to want to worship him and to honor him and it's Jesus I want to look at now and look at how um, his example in honoring his father's name can be such a help to us so Jesus models this um, and teaches us in the Lord's prayer and he teaches how we should honor God's name this prayer is a gift to the church and to each of us individually, but also to the church, to help us to shape all our prayers. And this is what it says. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father is a, a, person, is a title of personal intimacy, and it means that I am a child of God. I can go to my Father because I am his child I can, my, my children don't, crawl, uh, don't go to my husband and get on his knee now because they're bigger and taller than him, but they used to love to go to their daddy and climb up on his knee. I still have cuddles with my dad 
And, and I can't quite get on his lap because his legs don't work very well, but I, I long, I cuddle him as much as I can. I have, that, I have the right to be intimate in that respect to my dad and so do my children, to their father. And so with the Lord, I can have that right to come into his presence and to be intimate with him. Jesus teaches us that. He models that. He says, our Father in heaven. Now you see, he's our Father, but we're also addressing the Lord of the universe. Isn't that amazing? Think about that. It's not just, my dad is big. My dad is very big. My Father in heaven. But notice the first desire of Jesus. What is it? It is to honor his Father. He honors him. He hallows his name. It's that name. He models the very worship of the Father in heaven. See, even every being in heaven worships the Lord constantly. God Almighty, for eternity. That's what we are created for. And that will be our right one day. We will do that when we go to heaven. When we go to glory, we will be worshiping God all the time. See, Jesus when he was on this earth, was continually worshipping the, the Father's name, even when he was in turmoil. Even when he predicted his own death, he said this, Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? For this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. You see, Jesus, in his humanity, said no to his human desires to take away the suffering that he was going to suffer, that what he was going to have to go and endure on the cross. He knew that that was coming. But was he going to say, God, just spare me? No. In order to obey the God, to obey God, to obey his father, he went through it and glorified his name. See, glorifying and honoring God, it meant everything to Jesus. And then we learn of God's response in uh, the next verse. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. So even when God raised Jesus from the dead, that glorified his name. But we're not in the same league as Jesus, are we? So how do we? We fail. We, we, we dishonor God. And we may do that unintentionally. We don't deliberately set out to, to dishonor him. But how do we bring him glory and honor? We might, may, might never face, well, we probably won't ever face the same issue, uh, the suffering that Jesus did. But we are called to be obedient. We're called to, to obey the Lord. And whatever the Father asks of us, doing his will brings him glory. And that is a hard task. And it's like, oh my goodness, I'm not sure I can do that. But when Jesus ascended to heaven, and after his resurrection, he promised to send the Holy Spirit. He promised to send the comforter, the helper, to, to draw us closer to, and nearer to God, to enable us to be able to uh, move in the will of the Father, to be obedient. You see, when we have the Holy Spirit within us, we are empowered and we are enabled. And as we yield ourselves more and more to the Lord, the Spirit of God on our tongues, um, to the Spirit of God, our tongues and our spirit are filled with his glory, and our actions become his glory. And it's interesting, as, as I've studied the scriptures, um, I have just been more and more aware of what it means to honor God. And something has really shifted within me. The other week, 
the last weekend, I was babysitting at, at uh, number one son's house. And uh, what I quite like when they go out, because we only have one TV at home and it's only got the, the normal channels on. Um, I don't have anything that's uh, clever. But my granddaughter has taught me the code to get into their... She's only six, and so she's taught it to me. That's oh, my little secret. Um, she's taught me how to get onto their movies and things like that. So I thought, great, they're out, and they won't be back till early because they never go out that often. And then I'm so I'm babysitting, and I um, I'm flicking through trying to find a film that I could watch, and then all the advisories come up. Oh, another advisory comes up, you know, sexual content, swearing. Da, 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 da. And I'm thinking, blimey, is there anything I can watch on this, on this channel? And uh, um, I thought, well, actually, Disney's a fair one, isn't it? Fair bet. So that's quite a good channel. But the, the important thing is that whilst I was there, in, I know I'm sharing it with you, but I want to give that example of actually in the secret place, I was stirred to honour God in, in my actions, in what I was watching, what I wasn't prepared to tolerate, um, that doesn't mean, I don't mean that in a legalistic way at all, because something has changed within me. Something doesn't want me within me. I think that's the Spirit of God is just bubbling up, and I don't want to watch things that are not going to, to, to honor the Lord. And I did it freely because I want to honor Him, and not because anyone was going to tell me off or I was going to get caught because that wasn't going to happen. But let's look at what the early church, what happened in the early church in Acts and at the day of Pentecost. And let's see what happened to them. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole earth where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be a tongue of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So there, the early church, who were in hiding, who were fearing for their lives, when they met at that time, and they were touched by the Holy Spirit, the fire of God touched them, and they were filled with the Spirit. And everything they said after that encounter, through the Holy Spirit, glorified God. They were using their tongues for the purpose God had given them their tongues. And in my opinion, that echoes the, the vision of, of Isaiah in the temple, where his tongue was touched, his lips were touched and purged of his sin because he was undone in the presence of God. And now you have the early church who are touched by the presence of God, and God is releasing their tongue. So what do they do? They worship and glorify him and prophesy and get out there and, and take the word of God, take the gospel out to all the nations because of what God, God has done in them through the Holy Spirit. So I know that when we might think to ourselves, actually, it's quite hard to honor God in every area. The more we yield our tongues to the Lord, the more we yield our spirits to him, our actions and our will, the more we understand what God's will is for each one of us. And what is God's will? Let's have a look in Ephesians 5. Be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. In brackets, I've written, i.e., spirit-filled songs in your native language or in tongues. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to, to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
You see, God wants our hearts, and then the rest will come. We give our hearts to him. If we yield ourselves to him, if we are open to the Spirit helping us and enabling us, then we will honour him. Because then it's out of the overflow of what God is doing in our heart that out of the mouth will come praises um, and we will honour the Lord. So if you are constantly being filled with the Spirit, then your tongue will honour God's name. Your actions will honour him. And you will want to praise him and thank him here on earth as it is in heaven. You see, when we, we, were, we were, you look at the Lord's Prayer, it says, hallowed be your name here on earth as it is in heaven. We are to glorify him and to honour him as it is in heaven, constant praising him. So think about your motivation. What is your heart motivated to do? To worship him, to glorify him to read his word, to study his word, and learn more about him so that you can glorify him. And I think that's something that I, I, I have learnt as I've, I'm you know, getting on now, but um, growing up, maturing in the faith, I've changed so much from when I became a Christian at the age of 16. Um, and I spend more time reading the word and finding the word alive in a way that it didn't two or three years ago. It is just such an amazing uh, thing for me to just read the word of God and ask the spirit to come and to enlighten it for me. Um, and and that, it's a simple message today, but the simplicity is really powerful. Yield to the spirit, yield to, the, to God with your thoughts and your actions and let him help you when it gets tough. And knowing that Jesus died for, for us so that we can come to him and ask for forgiveness when we mess up, because we do. So I'm going to ask the band to come back up, and then I'm going to pray. So let's pray. If you don't know Jesus and you want that assurance that you will go to heaven, it's never too late. Or maybe you just need to reconnect to Jesus today. Or something has been said in a deeper way. You want more of him. Know that it's never too late. Then pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins and rose again from the dead. I ask you to forgive me all my wrongdoings. Please receive me as your child as I commit my life to you. Amen. And Lord, I pray for every one of us here that you would fill us afresh with your spirit, that your spirit would fall on us today, would continually to fall on us, that you would give us such a, a hunger and a thirst to know you deeper, to know you more, so that we can glorify your name because we were created to glorify you and to worship you. Father God, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would help us to not feel under condemnation, but to feel challenged and to turn that challenge over to you and to yield to your will and to your will for us in all that, we, um, that you have for us. Because, Lord, you have chosen every single one of us in this room. You have called each one of us. You have a plan and a purpose for each one of us. And, Lord, we yield ourselves to you and ask that you would fill us afresh with your spirit. 
In the name of Jesus. Amen. So now let's stand and let's worship the Lord and let's glorify him because he is good just because of who he is. Amen.